We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Coming up next on this episode of Inside Golf Podcast, just an old school, you know, we do this every couple of months, frequent guests of the podcast, old chop session with Jeff Feinberg. I had a pretty difficult time getting up for the RSM Classic this week, and it's a pretty bland golf course that is highly dependent on putting, so I thought what better of a time to do one of our favorite shoot the shit episodes with Jeff. We talk Tony Finau. We talk a lot of live. We talk NFL and much more. This is a fun one. Before we bring on Jeff, this episode is as always presented by rickrungood.com. If you are a subscriber to rickrungood.com, you would have gotten all my course ownership, and DraftKings thoughts last week on a pretty sizable DraftKings week for me. I've been taking it pretty light this fall swing. I invested $80 into DraftKings last week and was able to turn it into 1200 So I write extensively about my DraftKings thoughts on rickrungood.com every single week. If you want more of those, head on over to rickrungood.com slash Andy. Or type in Andy in the promo code section, and we'd love to have you as part of the team. All right, that is all we have at the top. Without further ado, let's bring on Jeff. All right, Jeff Feinberg is here. Pretty good day, I would say, at least in the morning. For you, my friend, we got the Tommy Fleetwood win, and then we got Tony Finau, who now has five PGA Tour career wins. And his is making his way into one of the bona fide best players in the world. I got to ask you, as somebody that's been a huge Xander guy and has taken a ton of shit on Xander over the years, what's the vindication feel like on a guy like Fidel? Feels pretty good. Yeah, um, it's a fair... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Fina was such a late bloomer, right? Like, we kind of met him so much later than we meet the good players of today, and his backstory is so much different. But my thoughts on Xander are, are very similar. Like, I have no doubt Xander's going to do what 
be now did. And in many ways, he kind of did it this year, did he not? Sam, I know it's like a lot of weird kind of events, but he ran off he, his hot streak. Yeah, I, it's he, only a matter of time. He won him. two I have in a no row, two big ones. Yeah. yeah. I have no doubts with for Xander, just like I had none for, for Fino. Uh, but it's weird. Fino, three wins, last seven starts. You know, he's kind of like a closer now uh, in some respect. I don't even know because some of the wins have been, you know, really comfortable wins. Um, but I, we're like almost a win away from literally calling him a prolific winner. Like if he gets one win in his next five starts, like by definition, he's almost like a prolific winner, Tony Finau. So he's got five PGA Tour wins now. Xander has six. Rom has seven. Cantley has eight. So he's getting right there into that zone of, you know, the greatest players of our generation, not named, you know, like Rory and JT and Spieth. And, you know, unlike a guy like Cantlay, he's got 10 top 10s in majors. You know, he's got four top fives, three top 10s and five starts at the Masters. So, you know, I put out a poll yesterday because I was curious about this. And I'm sure there was some recency bias at play, but... I posted the poll, who is most likely to win a major next year? Tony Finau, Dustin Johnson, or Cam Smith? Did you see the results of that one by any chance? If you did it yesterday, I didn't. I didn't. Full disclosure, I didn't even go to bed on Saturday. It was like a night out with the boys, and it's hard to fall asleep. Is like the poison seeping out of your pores at like 5 <laughs> a.m. <laughs> and then i came home and football and had to be a dad and the chargers weren't playing last night i'd have been asleep probably around kickoff but that you know was its whole other thing so i honestly didn't see anything yesterday what would be your guess if i told you who's most likely now like 72 percent yeah he was like 61 percent yeah you know probably- yeah you know it's interesting to me Cam was about 31% and DJ was 8%. That's weird because DJ also has the full exemptions also, right? Assuming DJ, they're honored. DJ would have been my vote. And I love Tony Fee now. I yeah, just, no. I, 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 I'm just a big DJ guy too. So I found that very interesting. Yeah, it does seem a little high. Under the assumption, they, I mean, they, their, their exemptions are honored and they get a play. I mean, a lot of people are blindly thinking that um, maybe they can't play in them. Fino's historically been fantastic at really hard courses. Uh, So, you know, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, Uh, that's a hard one. You know, over the last six months and true strokes gained, uh, which still accounts for field strength. So this is, you know, this is for all the he's not winning big events crowd. He's the only player outside of Rory to be gaining two and a half strokes on the field per round over the last six months, which makes him the second best golfer in the world, ahead of Xander, ahead of Rom, ahead of Cantlay, ahead of Scotty, ahead of Cam Smith, ahead of Justin Thomas. So Tony Finau, best golfer in the world over the last six months outside of Rory. And, and where does way, he rank in that putting? Because I feel like it's, He's always just been so spectacular. And then the driver got a little, and the ball striking got a little wonky parts of last year. But yeah, I don't know. It's beautiful. And he's easy to cheer for, right? I mean, just with his story, 
family guy. He's like the Philip Rivers of golf in many respects. He's got his own little army of kids ranging from, I feel like a preteen to like a infant. Uh, and there's probably more on the way, uh, you know, based on, I feel like it being a sin to wrap it up over there. And even when he won, when he won, like kind of broke the slump, he said some beautiful things about how, you know, his path wasn't easy. And I don't mean his path to the tour. I mean, like to win and to get the respect and to kind of stop being picked on, but how do you put it? He said, like, there's no better way. I feel like he feels like his journey has kind of been a life lesson for his kids. He got kicked in the nuts so many times, so many Sundays. And the guy just, you know, we kept crawling back to finish T3 again, you know, the Sunday after. My boy, European Fiend Dietrich, hopefully can just get some inspiration <laughs> from Tony, man. Because I was like, well, that was a full Detri Sunday on on uh over there on the weekend that's good though when you're pulling an all-nighter or you can't sleep when the when the european tour golf is on at like 4 a.m that that helps um he was i don't know i could wax poetic about tony forever i feel like it's so easy to flip the narrative right like people can be so hard but we're so easy to flip it in the same way we see it in every sport like i'm old enough to remember Peyton Manning being dragged for not being able to win a big game. And right. then the second you win a big game, you can literally win that game forever. Like no one doubts your ability to win that game forever. Once you sort of win one or do like one thing that people deem, you know, a, um, a worthy accomplishment. So sort of in this era that we're in with, uh, you know, we need instant gratification or instant success. It was probably hard on, Probably harder on Finau backers like myself than Finau uh, himself, but um, yeah, I don't know. Beautiful. Let's 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 uh, hopefully carry it over into next year. He's going to go high in drafts. I'm sure he's going to be in the low mid twenties for the Masters already. T- tenth in putting, by the way, over the past six months. So he's been the tenth and, best and what putter was, in the world. Pardon me. I mean, you're so much months. deeper into the stats than I am. But what would have where would he have been on putting like the last three, four years on average? Let me see. So the last two years, he is 69th. So he has gone. Oh, so over the past 18 months, he's gone from 69th to 10th. And what, what, I mean, again, you're so much better at identifying what those numbers mean. Obviously we can uh, to even those numbers mean wins. Is no, those, those that, my point mean. being is, what yeah, does that like actually that is, mean? Is that like a stroke around or one point two strokes around? You know, uh, you know, those are the two strokes a weekend that he was missing every, every for the last three years, right? That's all right there. The seven yeah. eight footers. He walks in those seven eight footers for par. It used to be the full Finau experience, Andy. He'd always randomly drop those forty one footers, but then he'd miss that like nine footer for eagle. Like, oh my god, Tony, come on. I don't know. Yeah. Full fee now means, I guess, lifting a trophy now. Yeah. So, I mean, to put it into context with, like you said, the numbers, past two years, he was gaining 0.2 strokes per round with the flat stick. Last six months, 0.1.7. So he's literally gaining a almost a stroke per round more yeah. on the greens, which is that adds up to a ton. I mean, how much did he end up winning? When by? you. Can- I think but four I mean, or five strokes, and there, there it is. It's right there. 
but not even there. That's the re that's how you go from being a T five machine to winning. When you exactly. come in third place, you're usually losing by two or three strokes. Well, he's making four strokes more a year on, on the greens. Yeah, there it is. I guess that's your right. That, I mean, it's easy, not easy, but that's the difference. That's been the needle flip for him. And it felt like the putting was coming around for a bit, Andy, because he'd clearly been putting the work in, but there was a stretch uh, almost, I don't know whether it would have been before that Mexico event where the ball striking had kind of just, um, like the ball striking had kind of dipped and that finally came around and it's matched the putting and, and here we are. And I don't know, I don't know what else there is to say about it. Like, um, again, I could wax poetic about Tony forever, but I feel like we'd just be repeating ourselves. Um, so this has kind of been the end to our golf season. I mean, we've got the RSM this week, but are you good on golf right now? Do you feel like you're kind no. of ready for a little bit of a break? Like, like how, what's, I mean, what's the state of the union on you and golf right now? I think like a lot of people and I don't, there's going to be, this could really sound like, woe is me. Like, shut up Feinberg. Like no one cares. Uh, you know, because I have it pretty good, and being Mayo's Dingleberry has, you know, created other opportunities that, as people can imagine, as this sort of betting universe has exploded, has created opportunities for me. All that being said, I, I, I love sports. The off season is like crucial. I need to miss you. I need you to go away. I need you to go away. <laughs> Competitive I need to not, starvation. Like, be trying to get my kids ready for school on a Monday and need to see like lines dropping just for like two or three weeks in a row. It is such a cleanse, not to mention with football. I don't mean to sound like, I, I know, I know it's like a weird thing to complain about, but I am thrilled. I am like, yeah, I am thrilled. And I'm you know, there's fun European things and that match thing could get ignored, but I can't wait to literally turn it off Wednesday of this week and then turn it back on to do some Christmas time uh, preseason, you know, just hot takes, uh, predictions, season preview content. Like, I cannot wait to turn it off. I cannot wait. Do you think that over the next couple of months, the live rumor mill is going to continue to churn? Yeah, hard. I, I just people need to be prepared for it. I've sort of reached a state, I think, in all sorts of, you know, I'm like, I, you know, there's like a cycle where like you accept or, you know, I guess maybe in addictions like uh, or uh, I'm like acceptance now of its place. And I accept I am expecting them to be fever pitch aggressive again, Andy. And I'm expecting them to at, like be like have worked out some kinks in some ways. I don't know that I'll care about the product, but I'm accepting them in the ecosystem for what it is. And that rumor mill won't go away. And so much of that rumor mill, Andy, I think is from a lot of the players themselves, or at least their camps, because all those rumors mean you talk not, about it. Not, those rumors. not Xander. I'll tell you that. Okay, no, I, I don't even mean Xander, but I think so much of it is, you know, turn it down. They'll just come back with a bigger offer. Someone creates a rumor. You somehow you make like a dramatic uh, tweet or you stand up in front of the media and say, no, no, no. 
that just means the next time they call, there's like nine more million in the offer or five, you know? So I, I, part of it, I feel like is there's like a big game being played here, but there's no doubt they, that they're going to like double up on last year. And it's scary to think if they're able to double up on front end talent, like if they're able to take another four or five guys that, you know, are sort of on average, you know, in the same realm of, of, you know, maybe not a cam, but you know what I mean? Like just pickpocket another four or five really good names that we like. Um, It's going to get real. It's already real, but it's going to get more real. That's going to be another big thing. Yeah. I just don't like change. I still like wrestling and chicken fingers. Like I'm just a kid. I like what I liked when I was a kid. I like it now. I don't like when my favorite websites change layouts. I just don't like change. And this is a change. It'll probably be, 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 I don't know. We lose. Like all I know is we lose. Everyone's getting richer. The PGA players, live players, agents, people around the game. Um, we just lose. It's fractured. We're spoiled North American sports fans. What does that mean? Ronaldo and Messi don't play in different leagues when you're a spoiled North American sports fan. They play in the same league, and we got to see them compete against each other regularly. Not at, you know, obviously the World Cups and things are great, but I think you get my point. Like, as a spoiled North American sports fan, we have an expectation of our sports that they are, you know, where you need to be. And I get why guys like Cam Lee get to go home, be with your buddies, make all that money. Like, you know, he can still keep his house and boats in Florida, but he's going to live in Australia again. He's probably thrilled to be able to do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. And the appeal to the Australian players makes total sense to me. Who do you think is going to be the biggest name to go in the next year? I try not to think about it because it all bothers me. I jeez, I don't, I don't know. You could throw a name at me, so I'm drawing a a blank. I would I'll just, you, I, I'll give you the popular ones: Antley, Xander, which I, I have very good I, reporting that is yeah. incorrect. Can I? Ovland has been that mentioned. would scare me. Though that would really yeah. bother me. All those names would be such killers. I believe Xander. I'm naive enough to believe Xander. I believe you in, in what you say. And I take Xander at face value. Xander says, I'm going to play where the competition is the best, where the best golf tournaments in the world are being hosted. Right now, that's still the PGA Tour. Correct. If that's live in three years, Xander's going to be on live. Correct. Like, I believe, like, if somehow they're able to truly pull it off, and, and you know, the money and field strength match is terms of being like where it is at, then then they'll be there. You kind of were, think like in a world without Xander, would Cantley already be gone uh, in some ways? I don't, I, but I don't know. Hovland scares the shit out of me. It's been reported that they're a package deal, that Cantley and Xander are, well, I shouldn't say a package deal. It's been reported that Xander and Cantley offer goes up if they sign together yeah which i think I is kind of smart if you're alive i don't know i don't know if i've run this theory by you andy and you know there's so much like even seeing fleetwood win yesterday and just start bawling and i know there's a lot that goes into that he lost his mom i think recently and he took some mm-hmm. time off like 
There's a lot. There's a lot that goes in into that. You know, you know, bro. I know. I'm trying to think. Like, have we seen emotion on live? Like Brooks tried to tell us he's emotional, and he almost thought he'd never play good again. And that's almost maybe one of the reasons he like. If you actually had that self doubt, then maybe that's why you go take the live check. Maybe in the <laughs> same way, like Matt Wolf. But the point I need to run by you is, I see many comparisons in live to the FedEx Cup. Yeah. And in your opinion, has the FedEx Cup resonated with the American sports fan, the worldwide sports fan? It's been around nearly 20 years. I would say no. I think golf fans like the field strength, but would you say that has resonated as a important thing in the sporting calendar? No, or an import- not, even, not even remotely. Yeah. So... Do you think that Liv could ever get a field as strong as, say, the second event in the FedEx Cup? Probably not. Like, no. if they do, they're the greatest golf they've won times 100. So it's great they have good players. But what is the FedEx Cup? The FedEx Cup is essentially glorified cash grab golf. And it's great. It's great for the players. And to us, true golf hardcores, again, we argue we do content that week saying these fields are as good as majors, those first two events in terms of field strength, but it's still cash grab golf and it never resonated. Live to me is just that. Like it's literally the FedEx cup in a like weekly or elongated format to some respects. It's cash grab golf for whatever reason that has not resonated. I don't know how it could truly resonate with live. It's not well, you know, the, um, like getting the better players live, getting the better players and seeing the better players play in their first event hasn't really done anything to ratings. The best ratings that live had was the spectacle aspect of it when no one really understood what it was. And they were just curious to see what all the hoopla was about. What's interesting to me is, and I don't, I can't stick a fork in it, man. Because it's too much fucking money. You just, you can't stick a fork in anything that is funded by a bottomless pit pit of money. But if they do not get Cantlay and Xander, I don't really know, I don't really know what, what they're doing next year. And, and, And to be honest with you, even if they did get Cantlay and Xander, like if you just want to say, you know what, fuck it, we need another guy. And the good thing about for them for getting Cantlay and Xander would, it would really close in the talent pool, right? Because Cantlay and Xander are like two bona fide top yeah. six players in the world. So if you're talking now like a Ryder Cup between Liv and PGA Tour, but Liv now has Cantlay and Xander, like, that's close. Like that's a lot closer to a Peckham. And that's why I sort of made the comment that I like, I there's, I don't know that they're going to get the Cantley Xander level, but I think they can still poke four or five names from that. Like next tier. You think, Um, or that you could define how big that next tier is, but that, um, yeah, yeah, I do. Like, I don't know how else to frame this. I think they Mm. can poach another guy's, Four like, guys give, who would give be. Me, I, give me an I think example they can poach another four guys who would be like under fifty-five to one in majors. 
So give me an example of that. Adam Scott, Mito. Will we answer? Like, I'm just saying like those um, well, answer probably like 80. So I just mean, I don't, I don't know. I just know they're going to be aggressive and I know four or five guys are going to take that money. Oh, and yeah. Maybe they won't be able to get the top like guys in that top eight, 10 in the world, but you know, they're just going to keep, keep trying. They'll just go down the list and enough guys are going to bite on it. I think they have to get eight of the, I ha, I think they have to get top 10 players. I do. And, and, and honestly, it's like, what's interesting to me is for example, with Joaquin Neiman. So you remember that meeting in Delaware, Jeff, where Tiger Woods and Ricky Fowler flew in and it was that, you know, that secret meeting in Delaware and the reporting out of that meeting was that every single player uh, in that room that was in that room with Tiger Woods, they would be very, very surprised if any of those players went to Lev. Now, fast forward a week later, and Lev says to Joaquin Neiman, who was in that room, we're going to double your offer. And there you go. And then Lev goes to, and then Neiman goes to left. So you literally can't rule anyone out, but after a certain point with the money, like if you pay Patrick Cantlay $800 million who can't get recognized in a fucking supermarket, isn't the joke on you after a certain point? 100%. Uh, and to a lot of that, like, goes back to Phil's like a lot of Phil's gripes in many ways were probably legitimate but Phil is like in the zero zero point one percent where his media rights are worth something and 98 percent of the guys on tour they're not worth anything not worth shit like they're they're literally (laughs) not worth a thing even if they're great players that we love to talk about we love to bet in our niche ecosystem we love them they they are are worthless like justin thomas is still barely a needle mover barely i agree barely like barely like he's literally done what he's done and he just moves the the sound meter like it just trickles off zero and he is a already a hall of famer was it like i'll embarrass myself if i get the wins wrong but it's insane it's already like 14 or 15 maybe 12 yeah 14 15 wins yeah yeah like barely does it uh, you know jordan speed's best friend he may as well be a mod rashad like <laughs> so I, I you're right i don't know and maybe i i hope i'm wrong that you know they've already that the guys have pretty much already um rebuffed them and the players that they're gonna get they already got uh but again i don't see how that tour doesn't get deeper but again i don't know why people care or who will care because in a nutshell i think the entire live experiment or everyone's feelings on live were, were pretty evident in like the one week window where henrik stenson wins a rider or tells the rider cup to fuck off like flips yeah. them two double birds um and then literally goes out that week and wins a four and a half million dollar golf tournament to me, that wasn't a big enough story. That probably should have gotten more traction. I guess the only people that cared about it were the people that inherited the, the four and a half million or will one day inherit Henrik Stenson's money were probably the only people that that resonated with or gave a shit. 
The very next weekend, Tom Kim magic, you know, arrives at the Wyndham. And it just, as I kind of put on Twitter then and now, like the magic isn't for sale. Like it's just not. It doesn't almost in some respects matter who you get out there. So we'll see. And am I rooting for the PGA Tour? Of course I am. Like I, I don't like feel like I'm wrong in or I just am. That's like the institution that I know. And for how little I like change, that's who I root for. And like you, Andy, you know, you take a lot of shit from live backers, but we, you know, I've been making fun of the PGA Tour every Monday on a podcast for eight years. <laughs> feel strength. You be should it the hear. Broadcast. You should hear the things like, I write about PGA Tour. Yeah, courses. The, every every aspect of the PGA Tour, like you know, me and Mayo and everyone else that does content, like we'll make fun of on Monday. We don't let it slide. Like we call it out, but it's almost like uh, the the low hanging fruit of live is is irresistible. Like I can't not make jokes when Kevin no. Nas lying in a like a dusty cabin, you know, like looks like a horror movie and your boss is a terrorist. Like I'm not not going to make that joke. Like I will. It doesn't mean I think Liv is like um going away either. And I you know almost have to close off any Liv conversation that you know to for so many people called it dead before it was going to start at Riviera and the Masters and look what they did. Did things look goofy? Did things look silly? Are the logos look like they're made by children? Are there so many, you know, negatives? Of course, like, of course, we could talk about them forever. Some of those crowds were barren, like very awkward scenes, almost out of a, um, almost out of um, um, a movie, like a parody movie about, about golf. But look what they did. They put on those events. Look at that field. I expect them to get bigger this year. I I, I think it would be crazy to think they won't. Um, okay, let's go a little positive for a second on Lev. What do you think? I'm going to ask you two questions. Let's start with best. What do you think the best thing they did this year was? What do you think their biggest their biggest success or the smartest thing that they did this year was? their schedule picking against the john deere like when the, or sorry that was probably the yeah. week before the events they played great so answer. they can make those talking points look at our field look at your field and that was that was the best thing that they did and those weeks it gave golf fans more golf uh more buffet but i always come back and say andy with live without live those events that people make fun of the field strength they they'd make fun of them if live existed if live didn't exist of and they course. would watch them or not watch them without live and the events they like they'll watch with or without live like i don't think anything changes the you know those events would have been made fun of even if live didn't exist i agree completely so um, yeah that would be the thing I, I, like off the top of my head the methodical like that is smart like pick on the worst events and let dj and cam smith golf well you know brian Harmon is a favorite in is you know 18 to 1 on the tout and some jabroni what what do you think's the best thing they did i think that in a lot of ways i think that there were some really smart people in that room i don't think i'm not a big greg norman guy 
And I definitely think there were some not smart people in high places calling the shots. But one thing that I was really impressed with by Liv based on the effort and the money that they put into social social media was the slow way of trickling down players. So, for example, a lot of these guys, they signed a long time ago. Bryson was signed a while ago. I think Brooks was signed a while ago too. But they created this constant news cycle where they kind of dropped people out at different times. And that's why I think it's suffered now because there's now not as many new people going. And so like, what, why do people care? But at the beginning there, it's like, think about why the NFL and the NBA have done such a great job of owning the golf, the off season, right? And golf doesn't have a fucking off season. So unless it's master's week there, golf is not a topic at all. Right. But you know, you can get to the three weeks after the NBA finals. And the first thing on first take is what team Kevin Durant is going to. And Liv has kind of like understood that a little bit, right? How possible is like, yes, I totally agree. But circumstantially, like that's their first year. They needed a whole roster. So like how much can that can, no, don't get I don't wrong. know anytime, if it can. I agree with you. Like I agree with you. There's I don't know days, if it I, can continue. And I don't get that there will probably strategically, you know, as much as Brooks is crying about the U.S. Open, that we shouldn't be talking about it. It's live. This live system is probably also feeding that rumor mill to have us talk about oh. it. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's when all the golf media is is together. And like you said, it's pretty much. Now that Riviera has Tiger and it's like an official Tiger, you know, it's like the four majors and and Riviera essentially feel like the, you know, the most golf media events on the calendar. Worst, worst thing about it. And I mean, like, aside from the logos, like, what do you think their biggest whiff was? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like how unorganized they were, which is fair. But, you know, then you, you, they had a draft there first. Then you don't know. And <laughs> the I scrapping their, of the draft made no sense. And I respect like your ability to admit something sucks and change it. But that was like on a whole level. Like we literally don't know what we're doing from one moment <laughs> to the next. That to me would be the. Um, the worst, I guess. That's a good one. That's a really good answer. I actually didn't think about that one. I should have wrote that down. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no fucking rules. And that's what's, that's what makes it hard to get into the team aspect is because, uh, you know, we just have Taylor Gooch going to the four aces and it's like, what's the context? What is the context for that? Yeah. I'll never care about that. I don't know who they're going for with that. Andy, that can't move that they it still makes no sense um to me what whatsoever but yeah i don't know i'll like give the whole the whole team like i'll never i'll never get into that part of it i don't know but me yeah that, they'll never win me on that me and i assume one day if they are actually the winners of this thing and they do get your cantler your like I don't even know how that could be a thing in the future, but apparently Ian Poulter's really excited. He gets to own the Majestic. So, quick aside before I tell you my quick worst thing, because you've been on the internet longer than I have. Oy. Who was asking for team golf? Like, was somebody? Were people clamoring for this? No, and I say that as someone that enjoys. Anytime the PGA tour uh like changes the vibe, like I don't hate on Zurich, yeah. like that stuff. Just because the season is I love you know match play week. Um, just because the season, as we joke, it feels like there's like 49 events, like you could do whatever you want with so many of them. As Adam Smith, Adam Smith, Adam Scott famously said, like, who are we kidding? Like eight, like eight to twelve of these things matter, the rest that you could. You know, do whatever you wanted and let them try. And I know in Europe, Keith Pelly tried a lot of really interesting things and most of them, you know, kind of failed in terms of some really awkward formatted uh, events, but no, no one was asking for it. Yeah. And you know, you can't compare it to what you get at, at Ryder or president's cup. You can't manufacture that stuff at all, but it's still yeah. just cash grab golf. And not to say real PGA Tour golf isn't cash grab, but there's a lot more that goes uh, that goes into it. For yeah, sure. I, I have I, maybe I'm in the minority here, and I say this as a absolutely massive New York Knicks fan who has never missed a Knicks game in like ten years, who's grew up going to the Garden, who is a huge Duke basketball fan, he was a huge New York Giants fan and who is an absolute golf sicko, I fucking love that golf's an individual sport. 
I fucking love, I think what makes golf great is that it's an individual sport. I, 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 I don't, I, I've never, and I love the Ryder cup and I love the Ryder cup for the same reason that you mentioned earlier. It's the competitive starvation of it. I love ice cream, Jeff. I don't want to eat ice cream three times a day, right? I love the Ryder cup because it happens once every fucking two years, Right. And the other aspect of golf, that individual nature of it, that 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 man versus the course, that man versus the other tennis player. I, th- I think yeah. there's something kind of the poetic about golf, it. Say it all. The, it is the most beautiful game, sport, whatever you want to call it in the world. Yeah. Man versus man, man versus nature, man versus himself. Yeah. Um, Four aces versus is- Netflix. Yeah, but you can't, even if you like team golf, like you can't, you like team golf because the emotion behind it and you can't manufacture it. I mean, even in college, like if you grow up in the States and you go to a school, even if you're not on a team, you have so much like pride in your alma mater. Like that's just like a, a way of life. So obviously you get on the golf team and you're playing like with the team for the school versus the schools you hate or whatever, like. You can't manufacture that sort no. of thing no. in the same way, you know, Ryder Cup and, and you know, and, and the President's Cup, which looks like for all the talk, myself included, like maybe this was going to be bad. And it took you like two hours to realize, nah, it's fun. This is yeah. great. There's nothing wrong with letting Boise State play Oklahoma like that. There's nothing wrong with that, it, yeah. you know, just to, in a golf to call it like there's nothing wrong with having um it's fine we don't need to change it any which way and i'm looking forward to montreal in a couple of years for that and a Ryder cup in between which i think will be fantastic even without the guys who have uh who have left but greg getting on tv is gonna matter but Keep greg's gonna be good is greg gonna be shocked when all these people that uh found golf in new ways like the millions in the last handful of years, you know, be it like via great things like Top Golf, aren't in to live golf in the same way they don't even <laughs> give a shit about the PGA. Like, is he going to be weirded out when they finally get on TV and you know these people that he thinks, oh, I went to Top Golf on a date, are all, are going to pick live? Well, they're going to be watching tomorrow, buddy. As I've said a few times, it's like if I went bowling with my <laughs> wife on a couple's date. Is that like, am I tuning into the PBA the next week? Like, it's the most insane talking point. Um, let me give you two quick things that I think they whiffed on, but and then let's get to football. The golf courses, I just think they whiffed on the golf courses. I just think that they had a opportunity to go to some really interesting, distinctive golf courses, and they fucking whiffed. They went to shit golf courses. And they went to golf courses that had no personality and no identity and had the same rough and the same agronomy and the same green speeds. I mean, and it was, and I guess that's probably what the players liked. So you don't have Sergio complaining about different sand in the bunkers, but you want to talk about just a completely homogenous product with no personality and character. The golf courses fucking sucked this year at Liv. They fucking sucked. I'm so. not going to. Um, I can't even venture in into that 
like I'll be so honest, I get so caught up in the golf bubble that like so many of the courses blur together. Obviously, I get excited for the fancy ones, but and I love golf. I, I just can't compete with you. Like I, I'm not. Hey, like you, I, I'm. Not, I don't. Don't take this offense. Like I'm not at like that course snobbery level. Like, I, you are I, probably. I don't wa- take you're it probably watching this, yeah. an event, and you are seeing things on the TV that are just I'm not seeing. Right. You know, and and that's not even to like knock myself. I'm not saying like I'm I'm my mom watching the football game, and she's like not looking for a receiver to make a break. She's just literally like seeing the football. I watch basketball. I'm just following the ball. I'm not like seeing moves that are being made. I'm not a big enough basketball fan, like to see it in that way. So I'm just watching golf. I'm hoping my guy's ball doesn't go out of bounds. You're like seeing a long range shot and like, you're like a guy who loves movies, like looking at the lighting and things. No, I'm just like watching the characters on the screen. And that's not even a knock on you. I know that's like a passion of yours courses and you get, You've been everywhere. You've experienced so many of the world's great courses that you can call out shitty ones that are hyped as good. Uh, but I'm not on your level there. I would only defend them maybe slightly. And we saw how late so many things came together. Yeah. It was pretty much like whoever said yes first in a region they wanted to be in, they just said, okay, we're there. Agreed. Maybe in the and future. I bet you some good I bet you some good ones turned them down, too. Oh, yeah. With all and maybe yeah. in a year or two when there's just so much less noise about it, um, people will maybe feel more comfortable to get into bed with them or, or less comfortable. I don't know, but logistically it seems like so much was done on the fly last year that I imagine course selection was just like, they'll take any respected course in a region they want to play and they couldn't be picky last year. Last thing, the last thing I had on where I think they whiffed I, I the general combativeness, you know, I think pretty early on, and that's why I want to be totally fair here and say that the people on the side of the PGA tour started poking the fun, which by the way, we can't really blame them for because the jokes wrote themselves. Um, but this general strategy of combativeness that live has taken against like golf fans and Greg Norman going Just because Phil thought he was underpaid. Doesn't mean we hate the PGA tour. Like, right. right. They had like those gripes honestly meant nothing, mean nothing to us. And you can't package them to get me to not like the institution, you know, or that I have just grown up with. Right. And and so like Liv has spent a ton of money on their social team. Um, more money than the PGA tour for that matter, whether it's Liv golf updates or some of the Instagram accounts that they're using to promote their products. And these accounts have basically spent their whole time arguing people arguing with people with like three followers completely alienating the mainstream media calling the mainstream media crooked who if you actually read between the lines a lot of the mainstream media isn't even all that opposed to live and have been pretty fair about it at least some of them uh i'm not saying all of them have there's certainly some of the media that have a clear vendetta against them but a lot of them have done like really 
good, fair work. And, you know, basically these accounts have used any opportunity to have to talk about how the Sanderson farm sucks and therefore the PGA tour sucks. And it's like, yo, if I was Liv and you were trying to promote your league, like, why wouldn't your strategy from day one, even if Monaghan wanted nothing to do with you, be like, you know what? We're not the PGA Tour. You guys were here first. We're trying to do something new here. We're not trying to be the PGA Tour. If you're a fan of the PGA Tour, great. But hey, maybe if you've grown tired from their product and want to check out totally something different, then maybe give us a shot. But instead, they're fucking dickheads. And 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 they're acting and I, I don't really understand what the end game there is because they're just alienating people that are never going to like live. Where if your strategy from day one was like, look, we're new, we're doing something new. We have all these new ideas. We're not trying to be the PGA Tour. Give us a shot. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. But instead, you you have these fucking, their social media team, you know, writing conspiracy theories about the, it's just, what the fuck are you doing? That's so very well said, Andy, because so many people, like anytime we get these golf debates about coverage, for me, like the, the, we are, it all goes back to me thinking about like my dad who's flirting with 80 years old. He'll golf in the morning, loves watching golf, falling asleep to golf on TV. He loves watching the best players in the world, hit great shots, hit bad shots, hit any kind of shots. He just loves watching golf. He loves playing golf. Like a lot of, you know, as you say, the cars, the, the medicines, the, the banks, like that's who they're talking to the advertise. They're not talking to us as much as they've tried hard to, you know, take gambling money and, you know, half-ass the delivery of the ad sponsors uh because you know you can't blame them for taking the money but sell it like you said it and pretty much like if bryson is hitting a golf shot on tv my dad is gonna stop and watch yeah if cam smith is hitting a golf shot on tv my dad is gonna stop and watch if phil mickelson's hitting a golf shot on tv despite how bad he is he's got that equity like people are gonna stop and and watch for a few minutes like that's it we golf if anyone who golfs we like watching golfers hit golf shots we like you know if you we like watching our buddies who are 19 handicaps play head-to-head for 50 bucks on a hole and they're both spraying it everywhere like it's fun like good golf bad golf um you know we we, we like to to watch it's, it so you're right i guess maybe they went about it differently uh, it's but- nuts have the live golf of that have the live Golf account accounts care more that Kyle Porter doesn't like them than they do about their own golf. It's just like what what are we doing here? Like what like why don't you just why don't you just try and talk about why live is cool instead yeah. of why everything else don't, is a don't. fucking conspiracy. Don't talk about why it's cool because remember we've been over that. that's true. A hundred percent. No, point that, out good things. The, don't tell me you're cool, just Show me things you're doing that are cool, but don't tell me that you're cool. And if you're cool, we'll figure it out right. um, for for ourselves. And yeah, you've kind of hit the nail 
on the head there in 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 many respects. They should not have been so offended by, as you kind of put it, and I've put it, the low-hanging fruit jokes. Like, they should have acknowledged we are going to have to withstand those. Our bosses are who they are. Yeah. We are changing. Like, we can't, like, yeah, but I make a low-hanging fruit joke and I get attacked by, you know, guys on top of a sweat farm that I hope, you know, they got a working fan beside them because it's probably hot in there. Um, And I'm dumb enough as Mayo yells at me, like, for even engaging. Like, I'm an idiot for engaging. And that's why, like, if $8 a month spent meant that I could not get get rid of, like, bots, I would spend that. Um, Like, if there was a way to filter who could actually communicate with, like, if $8 a month got rid of bots from my feed, that's what I would spend $8 for. Like, not a blue, like a premium service. In the same way, like, I pay for YouTube premium. Not that there are bots on YouTube, but I don't know if you can. I like your site. There's a free version. If there's like an upgrade one, I don't mind paying, especially if we get rid of the bots. But yeah, ultra combative and very weird of of Greg Norman, like my jokes about top golf earlier, you know, as he cites how many new people have found golf in recent years and they have no tour allegiance. Why on earth do you get in bed with with like Marjorie Taylor Greene? That right away says half those people that you think are going to maybe like your tour, you just chop it in half. It's like, a whole different podcast. You could say yep, that's right or yep. wrong. It's so it's so polarizing with <laughs> what's happening, you know, in America and I guess in so many places in the world that yeah, you just like, like Michael Jordan even tell you, like, bro, like you don't stay out of that shit. You're like the league, you're not a player. Like, that's the dumbest. That's a, they want to come, come, but to like treat them like guests of honor is insane, is insane. And I'm not, you know, there's a lot of things I don't want to get into that, but I'm not like, well, I'm anti their very like hard right wing stance, but I'm right. not anti like normal conservative. No, 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 me neither. I just I'm like, completely, they take it to a bit. yeah, which has just been frustrating because like I'm literally like a registered Republican. I'm completely in the middle and I've been told that I am a PGA tour, Dick Ryder, uh, liberal woke guy, because I think that Webb's fucking dumb. And and it's just like, it's just so dumb. Like any business would like tell you how dumb that is. So maybe that is probably their biggest mistake. You asked me the mistake, literally like getting in bed with the alt right or, a fringe of the alt-right seems the most insane thing as you are trying to you already have an, enough hard enough time because of the low-hanging fruit um yeah that that they've done things to make people hate them but i guess they're ultra defensive because people came out swinging at them andy and again mm-hmm. to give them credit because you can't not to call balls and strikes fairly riviera masters those phil comments like this thing's dead before it starts. Not even going to get off the ground. Ha ha. You shot yourself in the foot. Well, here we are. And, and they pulled off the season and they got Cam Smith and DJ and a lot of other elite players. If you can't call that a win, a strike for them as a win, you know, if you're calling balls and strikes fairly, then, then that, then you're insane. hundred percent. I could probably do another two and a half hour podcast on the political aspect that you just brought up. But let's and talk I, football in closing. Cause we talked about it too much. 
it's the biggest we love golf it's the biggest golf story of our lifetime outside of tiger woods and his impact on golf we so rarely get these sorts of stories in the same way you know the jeff saturday story or the dolphins tanking and their coaching sort like this is the biggest story and for hardcore golf fans like i could live discourse is talking about it it's my favorite thing in the world i've been told by like my aunt at like family dinners to shut up because i'm just like going on in the corner with my uncle about this fraction of uh, golf like i love talking about this it's it's a such a juicy topic for golf lovers um me too and that's the annoying thing too that we get sometimes it's like man if you just like if you stop blowing so much air in their tires then you know they would just forget about us and it's like dude you do realize i get paid to put out a podcast and write about golf and this is the biggest golf sure. store forget golf i mean this is on the front page of the fucking wall street journal like what what are we doing here you got to talk about it anyway people think i'm obsessed with live like yes i'm but like i don't get off twitter and be like like i never think about it unless i'm literally talking about it me too (laughs) i care about more about like literally like a first and 10 in the second quarter of a charger game in october than i do about live in its entirety it's funny because i never talk about i don't think i've had one like real live conversation with somebody outside of twitter i only talk about it on twitter (laughs) (laughs) which is strange but okay jeff give me your um Give me your AFC and NFC championship games. As it stands now, November 14th. Chiefs, Bills. Okay. Vikings, Eagles. Like, I'm sorry. I, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know. I don't have a bold bone in my body as you ask me that question. I Maybe have 49ers. Couple, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I have a couple more bolder predictions. What's one? I'm going to push you a little harder on that one. Give me a bold prediction. I can start us off if you want to hear where I'm going. Lay it on me. I think the Cowboys might be a Super Bowl team. Yeah. I don't think that that is that bold. Yeah. Um, Any NFC team could beat, you know, any of them to a certain extent. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think that that is all that, um, bold, to be honest. You could replace the Eagles or Vikings with the Cowboys. I'm not arguing with that for a second. You could replace the Bills or the Chiefs with the Ravens or even the Dolphins. I'm really not going to fight you on that either. Yeah. Let me, let me make the case real quick. Cause I actually really like this Cowboys team. I got them at plus 550 to win the NFC. I think they beat Minnesota this weekend. Now, Unless they beat out the Eagles to win the division, they're going to go have have to go on the road and most likely play the Bucs, who I think they are a better football team than in round one. So I'm okay with them going on the road as a wild card. And there are a couple things here. You know, everyone likes to pile on Mark McCarthy. Mike McCarthy is like this terrible coach. I think that gets a little overblown. I don't yeah. think he's a great coach. I don't. I I also think he's learned more so this season to get out of his own way. I mean, I don't think they had any business winning all those games with Cooper Rush, but they put together some, they put together some really good game plans. And I know that Dak struggled yesterday against the Packers, although 
one of those interceptions really wasn't his fault. I like Dak. I don't know if it's like a leadership eye test thing for because from a statistical standpoint, he's essentially Kirk Cousins. I get it, but I just think he's a leader of men and he's gonna have a big playoff run in his career. And they're fourth in DVOA behind only Buffalo, Philly, and Baltimore. They're ahead of Kansas City. They have a top 12 offense. They're finally finally letting Tony Pollard go out and do his thing. And they've got the fourth best defense in the NFL and probably the best overall defensive player in the entire NFL. And in an NFC that I have a lot of question marks about, I think that's the best bet right now at plus 550 to win the NFC. I'm not going to fight you. Like, I don't have cold water to put on it. Uh, They run the ball great. Their defense is outstanding. I guess you wish they did have... um, What's the right word here? I could embarrass myself. Like some tertiary options, like offensively in the passing game, because yeah, maybe it they does get, feel like it does. Maybe feel they like get now, Odell, and maybe that's that's real for for them. And you know, their playoff positioning feels pretty safe. Where you bring Odell, you don't even have to rush him on the field. You integrate him, uh, let him get healthy. I think his impact could be maybe being a little overrated. I mean, 32 second ACL, but for a quick bang, bang, it obviously makes perfect sense for Dallas and their need. But just to go back to that, you sort of see what happens on Sunday and you get in these big games. And when these good teams like play each other, they're going like four or five playmaking options deep are involved. So that would be the weakness on them. But to the counter, as you look around the NFC and really other than the 49ers, nobody has like no one's loaded with playmakers. Yeah. I I agree with you. I mean Philly's got like a they got a good stable. I can't yeah, I can't Phil, just, Philly's Philly's got a good stable, but, but you know there's always this team every year that has this dominant dominant regular season you, and it it eh, feels like they might peak too early. Do you know who doesn't thank you. Do you know who never wins the Super Bowl? The team that's played its best football before the middle of December. Correct. 100%. And I'm not knocking like if the Eagles got that other gear, maybe they do. But the team that's going to win the Super Bowl has not even played its best football. A hundred percent. Like that's how football works. Look at the Bengal. The team that wins and the teams that go to the Super Bowl, we have not even seen their best football yet. They're there, you know, their hotness hasn't started. They've just kind of been holding on. No. That is not me campaigning for the goddamn dead as dirt chargers. <laughs> but the team that does win the Super Bowl has you've yet to see their eight game or like in maybe you've seen it once, but you haven't seen it like consistently, I guess would be my point. And I think most years that's honestly the case. And that's not the, the Eagles. That's great. You just. As like an outsider who has nothing against Philly, has no dog in the race other than do have a lot of preseason Minnesota futures, which I'm not like bullish on, but I'm excited about. That was a really good call before the start of the yeah, season. I made a lot Jeff. of bad ones. Don't well, worry. I was going to say, because we did a preseason NFL pod and I talked up the Packers. And so that was a really, really, really good call on the Vikings. I got to get out of here. Let me give you one last question before we roll better football team ravens or dolphins rave i don't know i i still think i might try 
It's the Ravens. The way they lost to Miami early was really sloppy. Yeah, I think it's that's not an indictment on Miami at all. And the schedule is just setting up for um, Baltimore to maybe even get the bye. the way the Bills have have, uh, you know, just they were always close to the pack. But the way they've just lost games and, and now they're that's sort of gone. But I'm if all it, about what's happening in, in Miami. I'll take nothing away from them. If it's anything other than Chiefs Bills in the AFC championship game, are you like shocked? Like if it's Bills Ravens. No. Or no, Bills I said Dolphins. you could you could throw the Ravens and the Dolphins. If they ended up there, I wouldn't be totally shocked. I do I like the so Ravens either. though a lot. I, I like the Ravens a lot. I, they're sort of the team that, you know, when you sort of say like give me that team that hasn't played their best football that you still think like right. I guess that would be it. Maybe and the answer uh, for me in the AFC. Right, Jeff Feinberg. What do you got going on this week, my friend? The last week of golf, and I'm happy it's here, <laughs> Andy. I'm I'm happy it's it's here. Not gonna lie. Are you gonna take a whittle? Um, so you'll still be doing your shows with Pat every single week for the rest of the football season. You'll probably do some off season golf stuff too. That's coming and up. Then, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'll yeah, we do. Capitalism is right our, around the corner too. I don't got so many things to say in a week. So Pat doesn't know, you know, I've only got so many takes in me to put me on. We, we, the swing season, we go into football. That's where we do our show. We'll be back doing golf. Uh, once they go to Hawaii, when the real season starts and, uh, certainly some probably like over Christmas holidays, we'll have, um, some, like some preview content. content. We'll finally yeah. start talking yeah. golf again until then I do the spread pick show with him on Tuesdays for football and, uh, odds checker for, for the golf stuff. Jeff, it was a blast. My friend, we will continue to do this probably ever two or three months where we can catch up and shoot the shit. It's always a pleasure, buddy. And we'll talk soon, my friend. All the best, Andy. All right, that is it for the podcast. Special thanks to rickrungoods.com. Special thanks to Jeff Feinberg. This was the final event of the regular PGA Tour season. So next week, got a really fun episode on tap. Myself, Kyle Porter, Rick Gaiman, and Joseph Lamagna, the first annual major draft. That's all I'm going to say, but we're really excited about this one. Until then, best of luck with your bets next week, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream Where my world still runs crack And the dead center back roads stop